Markets Conversation is a new IAM podcast where we discuss topics of importance to capital markets participants with product owners, subject matter experts, and industry leaders. I will quote Steve Jobs. Stay hungry, stay foolish, he used to say. So I heard that this uh, aphorism very late in my life, but I think uh, it's a very good advice in general. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Markets Conversation. I'm Ali Curry. On today's episode, Enrico Melchioni from Ion Markets will share valuable insight into how financial institutions can manage and mitigate risk in financial trades through model risk management for compliance trade surveillance. Financial institutions play a critical role in ensuring market integrity and protecting investors by monitoring trading activities. They do this by employing powerful algorithms and machine learning techniques designed to identify suspicious patterns and anomalies in trading data. Through trading surveillance teams, financial institutions can detect potential market abuse, insider trading, and other regulatory violations. Enrico will help us understand the practices that model risk teams develop, and he will shed light on the regulatory landscape and discuss how technology continues to shape this ever-evolving field. Let's get started. Enrico Melchioni, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ali. I'm very pleased to be with you today. So let's begin with an overview of model risk management or MRM as it relates to compliance trade surveillance. What is the main objective of model risk management? Sure, let's start uh, from the beginning. So models are used in many areas such as uh, pricing, risk management, uh, and of course surveillance to estimate uh, or predict uh, values based on predefined inputs. In order to be safely used, uh, a model should be properly tested uh, and its inputs validated. Uh, well-known saying in computer science goes, garbage in, garbage out. So you want to be sure you, you provide the right data to the system. Another key point is uh, that the model should be used in the, in the context that it, it was originally designed for. So let me make a, a, an example. Let's assume that you know that the returns of a given portfolio has a normal distribution. And then, uh, uh, based on this assumption, you're developing a model to estimate uh, the value at risk of the portfolio using algo that uh, rely on the normality assumption. Now, your model goes into production for a while, and then someone starts uh, trading on that portfolio some product like derivative that do not uh, respect the assumption you made. So the model will start providing wrong uh, answers although there is no real bug. It's just that uh, it's being used uh, in the wrong way. The above is a very simple example, but uh, as model complexity increases, the system may become uh, more difficult to test and validate in the first place, and uh, the context uh, of, of, of using the model may be less obvious. The aim of the MRM is to define a set of procedure to avoid the problem I just mentioned before. So to define how you test the code and you validate the input and to um, continuously monitoring the model performances and the user context. Uh, this is uh, with the aim, of course, of reducing the risk of a model providing wrong answers. And share with us, how are these models used in trade surveillance activities within financial institutions? What is the role in detecting potential compliance breaches, for example? Okay, so trade surveillance models uh, analyze uh, trading transactions uh, and public market data to identify um, potential violation of surveillance regulations, including, for instance, uh, insider trading uh, or market manipulation. So how does it work in practice? Trader activity 
is analyzed by what we call detection uh, agents, which are algorithms that compute specific uh, uh, metrics related to the abusive pattern you want to detect. These uh, metrics are compared uh, with the thresholds that are set by typically by the compliance officers. And in case these uh, thresholds are being uh, exceeded, there is uh, alerts are generated. These alerts are then uh, analyzed by the compliance officer and typically uh, both manually, so looking at the data, but also relying on uh, AI-based um, tools that can help uh, their activity. Then in certain cases, the, the, the compliance officer may deem the, the alert uh, an actual violation and then uh, issue uh, a report to the, to, the regulation, to the regulator. So this is the high-level uh, overview of how the model works. There are a number of challenges, uh, in particular uh, related to some uh, new facts that emerged recently. So one thing is that trading activity is moving uh, toward the uh, electronic markets more and more, and this uh, paves the ways uh, of, uh, for using uh, uh, automatic trading tools, uh, which may generate uh, complex trading patterns very difficult to analyze. Also, following COVID, a number of reports have been issued, for instance, by the Wall Street Journal and also by the Italian regulator with, uh, in 2022, which analyze uh, new changes in, in the market microstructure induced by the increased uh, number of retail uh, trading on the market. So ideally, what happened is that people were forced to stay at home. And uh, so one, one of the things that they did was uh, trading online, changing, however, the way the market behaves. Another challenge... Uh, uh, an, an example of an, another example of this this challenge is, is the GameStop event in early in January 2021. Uh, so in that case, uh, this is what happens. GameStop is a software uh, game company that is quoted on NYSE. In, in a matter of days, the stock price raised uh, uh, from a few dollars to almost a hundred, increasing by a factor of thirty. Uh, with extreme volatility. And then uh, this fact was analyzed and it turns out that uh, there was a group of retail traders uh, had that coordinated through the Reddit uh, social website and generated a, a wave of buy orders that actually manipulated the market. And so this is to give an example of the new kind of challenges that the trading surveillance system needs to address. So this uh, inevitably brings... Uh, an increase in the complexity of the surveillance algos. So you need, for instance, uh, to correlate the activity of multiple traders across uh, different uh, uh, market uh, and asset classes. And uh, also you need to have uh, new holistic approaches. For instance, uh, recently required requests from our client uh, related to add uh, new metrics to the surveillance system that relate, uh, for instance, to the trader position changes, uh, which can be analyzed uh, along with the results of the detection uh, agents. What are the main risks uh, which should be concerned uh, by the model uh, risk management? One is, uh, an important one has to do with the input. We will see that there are a number of uh, complexity linked to the, to the uh, completeness and quality of the input data. And the second one, uh, given the um, the structure of the model that I just described has to do with the incorrect model parameterization typically. Which leads us to the technology. How does cutting edge technologies such as artificial intelligence and machine learning impact model risk management? What opportunities and challenges does it present? 
First, let me mention a technology which is scalability of the systems. This is not the cutting edge stuff, but still is very important in the overall data analysis process. In short, surveillance system systems needs to analyze large amounts of data and the ability of using different model settings to and compare the results has a very important role in the validation step of the models. Then uh, we have the input data uh, part. So surveillance model results are very sensitive to the quality and completeness of the input data. And here technology can help with the automated monitoring tool and uh, also with uh, machine learning based uh, anomaly detection systems. Also, machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence uh, is being used uh, during the detection phase. So I can mention uh, a recent activity published again by the Italian regulator, by which uh, they have been working on internal model that uses statistical validated uh, networks and cluster analysis uh, to detect uh, insider trading performed by a group of traders. So quite a complex uh, process overall. Finally, machine learning can be used uh, during the alert analysis phase uh, to help uh, the the human analyst uh, to to classify the alert uh, in a faster way. So as we mentioned the AI model, I think it's important to touch a point about the model explainability. AI often uh, operates as a black box uh, without providing any any human readable rationale for the to, to explain why a result was reached. So uh, this is uh, a problem. And in fact, also regulators started looking into, into this issue. For instance, uh, the European community uh, recently proposed uh, the Artificial Intelligence Act, which precisely addresses the user of artificial intelligence uh, in, in modeling. And uh, more recently, in February this year, ESMA, the, the European regulator, issued a report on the use of AI in, in, by financial institution, and they, they rank uh, the number one risk of the adoption of AI as the explainability. And indeed, uh, uh, what we see in uh, speaking with our clients, uh, th- this feature is a key requirement uh, for a trade surveillance system. And there is a hot debate ongoing whether we should use AI or not and how to explain the result that, that they are providing. This episode is brought to you by ION. ION's Fidesa Surveillance keeps up with trading surveillance regulations and meets the needs of the most demanding trading environments. With Fidesa Surveillance, you can fine-tune detection algorithms to your specific business model and accurately analyze trading and market data to generate alerts for potential violations. Fidesa Surveillance also equips you with machine learning tools to speed up your alert triage workflow across a comprehensive and broad product coverage for consolidated trade surveillance monitoring. To learn more, visit us at iongroup.com markets or email us at markets at iongroup.com. Let's talk about some of the regulatory issues. What are some key regulatory requirements and guidelines related to MRM and how do financial institutions ensure compliance with these regulations? To my knowledge, to be honest, uh, there are currently no uh, regulation that force trade surveillance system to follow a model risk management process. This doesn't mean that uh, there is something ongoing. In fact, uh, there are uh, strong signals in the industry uh, that this may be the case in the short term. So in particular, there is uh, a U.S. Federal Reserve uh, SR 711 guidance uh, on market risk management, uh, 
which is addressing this issue. And more recently, Bank of England published a consultation paper in June 2022, uh, where they explicitly mention uh, trade surveillance models and uh, artificial intelligence use as uh, being something to be monitored through a model risk management process. So without getting too much into the weeds, can you explain to us the process of model development and validation within this context of trade surveillance? So for example, what are the essential steps involved? What are the factors that financial institutions consider during model development and validation? So we can schematically describe the model development process as follows. So we have a first step uh, which we sell def- define as the model design and development, by which uh, in, during which you define the goals of the model, which are in this case, in the case of surveillance, quite uh, clearly defined by the regulation. And in, in on top of that, there may be additional internal requirements from risk management uh, or compliance. Another point uh, which is uh, quite uh, important during this phase uh, is the documentation. So it's very important to have a very clear documentation on the input, the the data that required the input, the applicability range of each uh, detection agent, how to use it, and uh, very important, a detailed uh, description on uh, how the the algorithms is working. This is uh, very important because uh, quite often regulator performs uh, audits on the surveillance system uh, uh, used by a specific financial institution, and one of the first things that they ask for are is the documentation uh, on how the the system is working and how this system uh, fits uh, the the regulation requirement. Of course, uh, during this uh, this phase, uh, the development phase, uh, it's important to have uh, a sound uh, code testing uh, and validation uh, uh, procedure in place. Once the model has been, uh, let's say, developed, uh, we move to the deployment phase. Here we have also a very critical phase, which is the integration phase. Surveillance systems typically operate across uh, different uh, front office desks, uh, which uh, typically use uh, one or more uh, front office systems. So it's important to have a very to verify that this integration is working fine and, the, and that the system is fed with the proper data. Then there is the let's say the, the, the parameterization of the model. We, we mentioned before that uh, typically the surveillance uh, uh, system are based on uh, requires some thresholds. So it's very important during the UAT phase that the compliance uh, is uh, reasonably sure that all potential violation uh, uh, will be detected by the uh, by the model by the way they have uh, configured it. At the same time, minimizing the number of uh, uh, generated alerts. They don't want to have uh, unnecessary work, of course, in analyzing tons of uh, useless data. Coming to the last step, which is the model validation, banks typically, or clients typically implement ongoing uh, monitoring of the input data quality. Typically, they ask themselves, uh, they have system in place to check if they receive the, all the data from all sources uh, and also if there are uh, anomalies in the volumes uh, with respect to the past flows. A similar logic is applied to the monitoring of uh, model results, so the number of uh, alerts generated uh, and the statistics uh, of the, the alert types uh, are checked against uh, historical values. And uh, last but uh, not, not least, uh, probably one of the most important points uh, is to perform a continuous uh, parameter uh, setting revision uh, and backtesting uh, with uh, production data to make sure that current setting is actually the best possible setting uh, for the market condition uh, uh, which are in place. What would you say 
are some of the typical challenges and risks associated with model implementation and maintenance in trade surveillance? And how can financial institutions effectively manage these risks? So in my opinion, the biggest risk associated with uh, uh, trade surveillance is failing to detect uh, an illicit behavior or a violation. This has uh, both a reputational impact and a direct uh, financial effect. So fines uh, imposed by regulation because of uh, breaches in the uh, compliance uh, surveillance uh, may reach uh, the six-digit uh, six uh, figures. So there may they may be quite high in general. So to mitigate this risk, uh, financial institutions typically act on the monitoring uh, phase on the input data quality, typically using automated tools. And uh, the, the, the second part is the fine-tuning of the model parameters. Typically, what happens is that they tend to break down the trading activity into smaller classes, for instance, uh, separate retail uh, from institutional trader and divide across uh, uh, asset classes. Uh, this because, you know, uh, th- there are different trading styles depending on who is trading and, and, and on the asset class. Also, maintenance is a key issue. In the last two, three years, clients reported that uh, they had to frequently adjust the model parameterization due to continuous crisis waves. So we had the COVID, we have uh, the change uh, induced in the market by a retail trader, then we had war in Ukraine, then now we have this inflation surge, and who knows what's next. So you, you have to keep monitoring the model results to, to catch uh, you know, changes and to act uh, to have the model always uh, operating at, at its best. Enrico, can you share with us how financial institutions monitor and track the performance of trade surveillance models? And, and what is their common practices and tools that are used to assess the effectiveness and the efficiency of that model? Well, there, are, there is a range of uh, monitoring tools that are commonly used by the industry, ranging from uh, periodic reports and statistics on the input data and generated alerts to more sophisticated uh, anomaly detection tools that uh, make use of uh, machine learning-based algorithms. These tools may be embedded into the trading surveillance system or, or may be part of external data warehouses um, which, which uh, um, are fed by the, trading, the, the, by the surveillance system on top of which they run additional tests. Among our clients, uh, backtesting or what-if analysis is widely used uh, to assess uh, the model performance uh, against changing market conditions. So as we know, asking different departments to collaborate in any company-wide initiative can often be challenging. What role does collaboration between different stakeholders, such as compliance, risk management, and technology, how do these come into play in effective model risk management? Setting up a trade surveillance system and, it, and its uh, uh, monitoring is, uh, requires uh, several skills, as you may imagine. First of all, you need a very good knowledge on the, on the, regulation, uh, the regulation that you need to comply with. These regulations are, in general, quite complex uh, and, uh, more importantly, they very frequently change. Uh, so you have to adapt uh, to the change, to be aware of the change and adapt the model and the system to it. You need to have a very clear view uh, of the risk involved uh, into the using the model or misusing it. You need to have a, a deep knowledge uh, uh, of the data ecosystem uh, of the financial institution. So complex uh, abusive patterns require monitoring across uh, different desks, uh, uh, and, and asset classes, and this requires to know exactly where you have to get the data from. 
And of course, uh, you need uh, advanced programming skills. You have to deal with large data sets, make use of the of uh, advanced uh, uh, statistical uh, uh, algorithms, uh, not to mention machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. So collaboration across uh, all stakeholders is, uh, I believe, is, is of paramount uh, importance to, to implement uh, and maintain an effective trading surveillance system. And how about staying current and emerging trends and new developments? How can financial institutions stay up to date with evolving uh, regulatory requirements and industry best practices? Like what are some emerging trends also and developments that are shaping this field? According to a recent uh, entity data survey, only 22% of the interviewed banks are choosing to build their own uh, technology for surveillance. More common is relying on independent vendors or on a, a hybrid buy and, uh, buy and build uh, solution. And this is also what we have experienced with our clients. Typically, we, we collaborate in hybrid cases. And the reason is that uh, vendors typically focus on their product uh, and provide uh, uh, out of the box uh, many of the MRM uh, requirements, such as uh, consolidated design and develop process, uh, detailed documentation, uh, uh, or monitoring and validation tools uh, embedded into the into the product. Also, vendors are, are constantly looking at the regulation and uh, evolving the product to stay on top of, of the changes that uh, are, are being observed. Uh, also, there is one, another important point which is very much appreciated by our clients. Uh, vendor can effectively support uh, compliance officer during authorities' audits. Uh, or inquiries, providing information about uh, the software system uh, and, uh, you know, in general, uh, uh, assisting uh, the, uh, the client. Enrico, what is the one big thing that you hope listeners will take away from this episode? To, to summarize uh, very much, uh, let's say that although not yet a regulatory requirement, setting up uh, a modern risk management proce- procedure for trade surveillance, uh, in my opinion, has uh, big benefits uh, on the performance of the system. There, are, there will be less false positive, lower risk uh, of missing violation, and uh, better performance uh, for the compliance team. I believe this largely compensates for the extra effort of setting up uh, a um, modern risk management process. And also, of course, relying on, on, uh, on a vendor such as ION uh, can help a lot in simplifying the entire transition. Now, let's talk briefly about career advice. What is some advice you wish you had heard earlier in your career? Great question. Quite difficult to answer, though. (laughs) Let's say as an escape route, uh, I will quote Steve Jobs. Stay hungry, stay foolish, he used to say. So I heard this uh, aphorism very late in my life, but I think uh, it's a very good advice in general. Enrico Melchioni. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, and I hope you'll visit us again. Thank you very much, Ali. And that's our episode for today. You can follow Ion Markets on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us. I'm Ali Curry. Until next time.